This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to A Real Man Wood Podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host, and I am joined by my co-host from Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, dude? How you doing this week? I'm doing all right. I'm dealing with uh, unhealthy air quality here in the Central Valley of California. Um, uh, obviously, people dealing with far more serious issues than just the air quality, but it's horrible. These fires, just just terrible. Uh, you sound a little sick yourself, Liz. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not even really sick. I just have this cough, and I'll probably have to cough during this thing, and I'll probably edit out as much as I can. It's just weird. It's this weird illness that's not very serious. But it's like I've got this hacking cough every night, and it's just so dry in my throat, and it's dry in the house, and it's like I just can't stop coughing. It's truly a living hell. Yeah, I know it's uh, caused my my condition here. I definitely have a sore throat myself. It's it's no fun. But uh, we- you know what you should start doing though, and I and I think everybody who's in the uh, affected areas is start smoking cigarettes because I read that um, yeah I read that it's like smoking half a pack a day, basically the air quality. So if you were to smoke a pack a day in addition, then it's only a 50% worsening of the situation. Whereas right. now, if you don't smoke at all, it's basically infinitely worse than it would be. So if you smoke a pack yeah, I- a day, you can reduce the impact, the relative impact the uh, poor air quality has. Yeah, I read in Sacramento, which is not that far from me, last week it was equivalent of 14 cigarettes in one day. So that's even more well, than a half a pack. So yeah, yeah that's... Uh, Crazy. Yeah, that would, I, I should take that up. I'll, I will consider that as soon as we finish this. Um, do you have anything uh, to talk about before any football? I, just, I don't have too much to talk about our picks, but do you have anything to, to start us off with, Liz? No, not really. Um, nothing, nothing crazy. All right. I, well, I'll give crazy. you a hard time with our, um, our, 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 what did we go with last week? Two and three. The, the, I only have a couple things to say real quick about the, the Super Contest. Uh, Eagles were a bad pick, and you went oh. against my, my my saints who i i picked in you know the staff picks but that's <laughs> fine we like we, i like going different I, I was really on arizona and that that didn't work out well the one pick I, the other one i want to talk about is when we did get right with the seahawks but i'd be remiss not to bring up the Devonte adams situation because i heard you on xm and i saw some i was a part of some of the the twitter stuff people kept tagging me uh, and I, you know not that i loved that but i, I saw that you called Devonte adams a, a good real life receiver not great and then of course that very night you got you got shit for it, and then not not even what twelve hours later, not six hours later, he has his career career high yardage game. So that must have been fun. Yeah, but it, I mean, people obviously started chirping at me after that, like, "Ah, you idiot! Of what course. a fucking idiot you are!" But I watched that game, and he made some nice plays, and he got open down the field, and Rodgers hit him, but he didn't break free for a touchdown. He's a good red zone guy, but he's not going to beat guys and keep running. Second, he caught a couple passes in the flat where it was short of the sticks, and they actually lost that game, don't forget, right? Because we're talking about real life, not fantasy. And, you know, they, they tossed him like a four-yard screen or out, and not out, like a four-yard, it's kind of a screen, like to the side. And he just could not break free for a first down. He could not, he just didn't have the wiggle 
to beat the DB one-on-one and get the seven or eight yards extra after the catch. You know, if Beckham catches that ball, forget it. You better be careful because that could be a touchdown if he beats that first guy, which he probably will. <laughs> Adams just did not have wiggle. Do you, do you remember those plays, those little short tosses that he kind of yeah, tried to make a couple jukes and he just got tackled? Like, yeah. He's 6'1", 215, which is great, but he is not, he is not quick. You know, he's big. He's physical. He ran a four five six, so he's he's not really a deep guy. He has had five catches of forty or more, but thirteenth of catches of twenty or more, despite being fifth in targets. So you know he's averaging thirteen yards a catch. He's just not that explosive of a player. He's a good player. He's physical. He's got good hands. He's catching sixty eight something percent of his catch of his passes. But um, I wrote about this in East Coast Offense. I wrote about this very topic. And my conclusion still is he's a good player, but he's Aaron Rodgers' clear number one. Rodgers has 8.0 YPA, 19 TDs, only one pick. I mean, just don't, I, I just don't see him at the level of what I would consider a great receiver. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Beckham, Michael Thomas is catching 92% of the balls thrown his way. Tyreek Hill, most dangerous man when he steps on the field. T.Y. Hilton, nobody can guard T.Y. Hilton. And these, these, to me, are better receivers. Even Thielen, I would take over Devontae Adams. So there, there's a decent list of guys. I'd take A.J. Green, who, if you were healthy, over Devontae Adams. I don't even have Devontae Adams in my top 12. No, I know, and you're not saying fantasy-wise. Those are two no, different he's things. Top five. You're not he's top five fantasy-wise. Who do you take if you're starting a team right now? Uh, Brandon Cooks or Devontae Adams? Um, probably Adams. I mean, he was, I mean, I get what you're saying overall in, in your statement, but I mean, he's, he, he also produced with, with Hunley under center and he's far more of a red zone option there. And Cooks has bounced around probably for a reason, although he does draw a lot more PI calls than his white, you know, his yards per target suggests, but I think it's But do you know what Cooks' yards They're per target players. is like the last few years in his career? It's like 10. Probably outrageously good. Yeah, probably. It's yeah, 10. I mean, sure. it, obviously the volume hasn't been crazy though, either. Right, but the thing, thing about those guys, and I was, I was talking about this because whenever Andre Snellings and I would talk about basketball players back in the day when we were doing projections or just talking about actual value of NBA players, he had this idea, if a guy like Carmelo Anthony diverts a lot of the, this, the baseline scoring of the team to himself, he's not making the team better, he's just getting 30% of the team's buckets. And that's different from a guy like Kevin Garnett who might only get 22% of the team's buckets but the team scores 5% more in general because he's on the floor. And, well, in his case, prevents the other team from scoring. five. You know, They're scoring 5% less. So if you're growing the overall pie in basketball and they measure that with on and off court plus minus and stats like that, then you know, you're, you're good. You're really valuable. If you're just getting a lot of stats for yourself, that doesn't show whether or not you're valuable. It really depends on how you're affecting the overall output of the team. And so I look at some of these players, and it's harder to measure in football in some ways, but like, is Devontae Adams really growing the output beyond what you'd expect from you know, a top 20-ish number one receiver with Aaron Rodgers? And to me, I look at that offense, I look at how the team moves the ball, not really. You know, if, if you put Beckham on the backers or you put Julio Jones there, I think the offense is better. And if you look at the Falcons, like even when Julio doesn't get his, everybody's with a worse quarterback is getting theirs. You know, it's like Julio's presence affects the game much more than Adams. And I would say Julio is a great receiver, like an all-time great sure. receiver. Well, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I realize that's like, you know, a couple of the Beckham, Julio, those are the 
two of the best. But you look at Steph Curry play basketball, and it's like it's not just that he hits threes and scores. It's that the defense has to come out to meet him way the hell out there because he can hit. And that just opens the spacing on the entire floor for everybody else. Everybody else is better because of Curry's range. And when you look at you know T.Y. Hilton being able to get deep or even Brandon Cooks, the safeties have to deal with that. They can't just they, – they know that that is a real problem. I'm not saying this is the only criterion, but Adams just doesn't present that threat. So, like, what is he really doing? He's like a poor man's DeAndre Hopkins. He's not as good as Hopkins. He's not as much of a technician as Hopkins. He's a tough guy. He's physical. He's big. He's got good hands. He's reliable. He runs good routes. He's good. He's a good player. But is he a great player that is better than if you subbed in? Let's say Kenny Galladay switched places with him or any of these guys that are pretty good. Even if it was like healthy Doug Baldwin switched places with him. Keenan Allen, any of these guys. It would basically be the same thing. So there's the greats that I think would, them being there would be like, holy shit, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling is just running wide open all game long because they can't deal with this other guy. Uh, you know, the safeties are way back, or the running game is just so easy now because they have to worry about this guy. It just He doesn't strike me as a, a real game changer. So I, I don't think he's a great. I think he's a good. And uh, I have about, you know, 12 or 15 guys ahead of him. Makes sense. Uh, back to Cooks real quick. You know, he has had Breeze and Brady throw into him, and now the Rams system. So his yards per target obviously has benefited. But Adams has Rodgers. You know, it's it's obviously no. Yeah. I know. I'm just well. You're saying that's partially. You know, I'm I'm just saying. Right. As but he well, kills. But he kills well. Adams in that department. That's not the only thing, obviously. And Cooks is small and he's more brittle. But you know, Cooks is dangerous. For sure. No, I, and I said the PI. I mean, he's, he has a lot of, uh, of penalty yardage he adds too that you don't don't see in, in the stats always. So I just thought it was funny. You know, the process over results. We're just talking about that. And then the night after you get into this debate, Adams has a career yardage game against a good. Seattle secondary. So just thought that was funny. Yeah. But no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't try to move the process over debate thing. That's, I didn't say Adams is not going to have a good game. I didn't make a prediction that Adams is going to have a bad game fantasy-wise against Seattle. That, that's, that's ridiculous. I know. I was just making a weird connection saying the result, hey, you happen to have a career night. Right no, that's not, that's not what a result is. A result is a prediction you make. I didn't make a prediction. That's, and I, okay. right. I, also, okay. I also feel like I was winning the argument, and then people started trying to shift it to fantasy. What do you mean? He's, yeah. he's, he's crushing. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's already been conceded. I have him in my top five fantasy receivers. So sure. if you're arguing with me about that, then you're not, you're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm saying in real life, I think he's good, not great. The other one I want to talk about is obviously the Rams. Chiefs uh, heard you talking about how it was the greatest game ever on XM. I'll let you expound on that. But first, I want to talk about Todd Gurley. And what is up with that, man? Like, I... I I count. I have him serious in some places that I needed a huge performance. Was he benched in the first quarter? My wife claims that he was like rolled up on in the second carry. Yeah, but yeah, I saw a play. Was clearly wrong. Check I my Twitter. Anywhere. Check my okay, Twitter, okay. and then I I just linked to it in my East Coast offense. I thought he was hurt. It was obvious because they just wow. OJ Howard just got put on uh, injured reserve. Oh, good thing I just traded for him in League of Leagues for us. Awesome. I told you not to do that, dude. Yeah, we didn't give up that much. Don't worry. We didn't. Ah, you fucking idiots. I told you not to do it. I told you if it was a keeper league, fine. But in this year, Gronk, you're going to use Gronk anyway. Yeah, we gave up a meaningless basketball piece. It'll be okay. I mean, obviously, that I would prefer him not to get injured on IR immediately after. That would probably be ideal. Dude, but uh, yeah, you did tell me. You're doing a garbage job. Again, yet again, you're doing a garbage job running that team. 
And when you ask me for advice, you don't even listen. So I don't even know what to say. No, I tried to get Corey Davis. Oh, you, yeah, you said go after Corey Davis. I definitely should have taken your advice. You're at my bad. He blew up last week. Yeah. Wait, wait. He had one bad game when Mariota got hurt during the game? I know. I know. I, I tried to. but <laughs> you're, 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 I feel like you're just trolling on this podcast. You're, just, you're making arguments that are like not the argument. Like You're just being like, oh, he did great, but he's not out for the year or something like that. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I, I should not have traded traded for for OJ Howard in hindsight. You you are correct. But yeah, I believe the fewest tw- carries or targets Curley had in a game was like twenty well, all season, and he had what fifteen? I mean, that, something was wrong. Twelve. Man. He had twelve. He was yeah. He looked hurt. No, Malcolm Brown was in there for a while, and then somebody showed me he was tackled out of bounds, and he kind of looked gimpy coming up, and he was like playing a little bit less because there's no way they would just not use him down the stretch when they had a lead. Like it made no sense. I'm fine with like play actioning and being tricky and not showing your hand and not like obviously running him right into the defense, but they really went away from him in the end that was uncharacteristic. I think there's something up. It's good that it's the bye this week. Yeah, how crazy is it that he had 13 straight games with a touchdown and then the one game that breaks the streak, the Rams score 54 points. Yeah, and there's like this pro football focus, like looking at matchups, offensive line versus defensive line. Like their biggest mismatch of the week was Rams offensive line over over Chiefs in the running department. So I mean, Gurley, I was just looking at a monstrous game on paper, as you said. That's crazy. And also, teams were what 216 and 0 in the NFL when scoring 50 points before that Chiefs loss. So yeah, they're the first team ever to score 50 and lose. Congratulations. And I, I didn't think, think that game was that you. good, by the way. I, I know it was... that's what I was trolling. Yeah. I, I know you didn't say that on XM, so go. I, I, that's what I was trolling. Yeah, so you didn't yeah. think. I, no, I, I thought it was. I thought it was entertaining. Obviously, like everybody would be entertained by it, but you know, it was just like kind of sloppy. There was all these kind of random defensive touch, and there were a million penalties. Fucking refs were like in my face all day. It's different when you we watch on the rewind because the referee calls take just as much time, but everything else is so much faster. So you're like. I really think like a full seven minutes out of the 45 or whatever was uh, referees. Yeah, still fairly entertaining, though. I mean, you, have to, you have to say that's a minorly entertaining uh, game. Happened to be in prime time, but lived, lived up to the hype, I'd say, if you ask most people. Two, two other things I want to bring up before we get to this week's slate is the, uh, the Alex Smith parallels. You want to talk about that? Obviously, horrible injury and what a uh, Alex Smith, such a seemingly good dude, and wow, his career might be over with that. That was brutal. And what a badass, just sitting there kind of taking it. You know, the I mean, real man, funny. real man doesn't even have a grimace after the bone is taken out. There was like, some, I tweeted that out, and somebody was like, dude, he's in shock, obviously. Which is probably true. He was just sitting there like, yeah, I can see that I'm hurt. You know, but he wasn't even like, a lot of these guys are like crying, they're like grimacing, they're like agonizing pain. He was just chilling. There's some crazy parallels, though, right? About him and... and yeah. Like, yeah, it was really one of the craziest things ever, and I don't know what you make of these type of things, but basically the injury happened 33 years to the day, November 18th, 1985, and obviously it's both guys were on the Redskins. It happened at the 40-yard line both times. The game score was 23-21 in both games at the end of the game, so the game had the exact same final score. Joe Thosman was at the game. I mean, I don't know how many Redskins games he attends, but like, that's pretty crazy. And uh, I just finished this series on Netflix called Dark, and the premise of, of it is that history repeats every 33 years. And it's like literally 33 years to the day. So, and also, he broke the exact same bones in his leg, the uh, yeah. tibia and fibula, the both exactly the same bones, and the bone broke the skin both times. 
Yeah, no, that's that's totally wild. Um, I love the dark connection. Still on my list, a, a show I can't watch in the background while I'm on the computer, which I do most because it's subtitled. Because you, you so can't, I have, yeah, I have to pay attention. Yeah, obviously. So st- definitely on my radar, though. But um, yeah, that's crazy and sucks for Alex Smith. What do you think? What do you think that means, man? Like if you, yeah. 33. Like think about it this way: like in 2051, would you be very wary of drafting the Redskins quarterback? Yeah, I hope someone remembers that. Um, you won't be I alive in 2051. I'll, I'll have my hundred bucks I'm, by then. You think I'm living that long? Yeah, exactly. I'll have collected my hundred from your from your estate. Yeah, exactly. You can lay that online for me because I, I won't be here. But yeah, the other thing, really quickly, is uh, my Colts hundred to one bet that you talked me out of. Um, not only did I just want to say today looked pretty good in their. Did I talk you out of it, or did did you? I didn't talk you out of it. Nah, well, you said it's so typical. It, it would be difficult to. Um, to I hedge. said it would be difficult to hedge with an underdog in the playoffs. I did say that, but I didn't talk you out of making it. One thing I do want to say is that um, I think you've talked about it. I think Mario might have written about it as well. Just the situation is how good is Frank Reich? Because you know Mike Lombardi, you know the old GM. Um, he's uh, he's hit or miss, but he he got a lot. Of, he had a hard time because he was critical of Doug Peterson. And obviously Peterson went on to win the Super Bowl and he just had to eat a bunch of crow and like publicly apologize and look, and look like a total asshole. Um, is it Frank Reich? Was he the genius all along? Well, that's what some people think because the Eagles, I mean, let me talk about results and process. I was fucking horribly wrong about the Eagles. Horrible. I was, I could not be more wrong. I mean, you could not have given a more idiotic pick than the Eagles last week. And I really thought that they... Super Bowl champs, analytics, they're going to get it together. They need this one. No way are the Saints going to get this easily. And they, it could not have been more easy. I mean, there's no team. The Raiders would have showed a, a better effort than the Eagles. The 49ers would have showed a better effort than the Eagles. I don't know. I just, man, I just got, I just let myself get duped. That analytics BS, I fell for that shit. They suck. Carson Wentz, I had him going in two leagues. Like, Dude, come yeah. on, man. The other team scored 48 points. Like, can you not get 20 in a game like that and give me some oh, fantasy points? Face the, team, the team getting lit up the most by the slot. In the NFL. I know that Tate ran some there, but still, wasn't he a goose egg, Aguilar? And he's facing the slot. He sucks. I mean, Aguilar sucks. So, anyway. Yeah, he did. I'll eat that one. That was a prediction. You know, that wasn't just like a generalized thing. That was actually a specific prediction. I thought the Eagles were going to cover. Maybe even went outright. Anyway, Frank Reich, I don't know, with Quentin Nelson also, but five straight games without a sack. I mean, that Colts team, I, I should I, I have not looked at the updated odds, and it's still probably, I mean, obviously unlikely, but. No, yeah, it's, that, the updated it's, odds, uh, I'm sure, are like 50 to 1. I think you just got totally right. screwed. I to- totally, totally sh- should have uh, not listened to you talking me out of it. But uh, I didn't yeah, talk you out of it. At first, uh, I did, and then I said, yeah, maybe. I said, the Giants. Uh, you remember we went on the whole thing about how the Giants were less, were worse than the Colts? They didn't have luck? At this time of year, that those and how hard the gauntlet of teams they had to run through was. Yeah. Yep. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I do. That I actually I came around and said, "Yeah, maybe, maybe it's legit." I just said it's hard to hedge, which is true. With the dog. Right. Well, I clearly should have. But um, let's you get are to these so games. nutless. You are the biggest nutless monkey yeah. on, on the planet. <laughs> Thursday, we've got three games. Thanksgiving, awesome. Uh, not the greatest matchups, unfortunately, but I'll still be able to gamble heavily on these. I do not have a feel for this first one, and I, I, I think we're going to opposite here. Uh, 9.30 a.m. start, Chicago giving four in Detroit. Who do you like, Liz? I like the Bears. I made it five and a half, but I don't like it a lot. Uh, you know, road laying points on the road with kind of a shitty quarterback who's 
Again, fantasy and reality are not the same thing. I think Trubisky was overmatched by a good defense. This is a crap defense, though. And they're missing Carrion Johnson and maybe Marvin Jones. So I'm laying the wood, but I'm not that strong. And I could see Stafford keeping them in. Yeah, I think no carry-on is a big deal. You know, sometimes we say just running backs are fungible. I think that is a definite setback for them. But traveling on a short week, and I'm just keep trying to sell Trubisky, who's actually, if he does suit up, he's, it sounds like he's going to play truly injured with his throwing shoulder. Maybe they still dominate this team. Obviously, on paper, they look so much better. Number one on D- DVOA, or DVOA, talking about trolling you, Bears defense. Um, but I, I took the points and held my nose. But, man, like I said, I want to gamble on this. I want to tease it. Uh, I don't feel strongly either way. I could see it, keep, could see it going other, either way here, but uh, I took the home dog. Next, uh, Washington getting seven and a half in Dallas with uh, Colt McCoy because the aforementioned Alex Smith. What would you think on this one? Real low, low over under. What, 40 and a half, 41 points on this one? Yeah, it's 40 and a half. Uh, you sure Smith's not going to play this week? Dude, he didn't look, he didn't, he didn't, if you looked at his face, he didn't look hurt. He looked fine coming off the car. Yeah. yeah too soon, too soon, too soon. Right, right. Wasn't it you that were saying, was someone, was it you that was saying some other telecast was saying, is he, he maybe out for the season or something? Yeah, and the Giants came. The guys were so dumb. Right. They were saying that Peyton Barber is the player they'd take in the NFL if they need to gain one yard. And then they were saying, <laughs> then they were like, they were, this, they were like sucking up to Ryan Fitzpatrick, like what a gritty guy he was before he like threw all these picks and got benched. And it's just like so bad. They didn't say anything when Shermer punted like from fourth and four on, their, on the Bucks 37 for God knows what reason. They're just terrible. Then they were talking about the Alex Smith injury, that, which they'd heard about, and they were hoping it wasn't season-ending. <laughs> yes. Real, anyway, QB, real QB comes back on the short week. And QBs them to a win. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Run some this bootlegs. Is Monday, this is a Monday nighter, maybe. You know, give the extra rest. But be it that it's Thanksgiving, I, I think Smith is going to be ruled out for this one. So with Colt McCoy. I, like? I made the line seven. I just think it's a low over under. And the Redskins defense is good. And the Cowboys will oblige them by playing their style, which is a mistake. And so uh, I took the points. Another one I was really close here either way. Trent Williams may return to Washington too, but I could see myself teasing this down. So I, I laid the points here. I do not take many favorites this week moving forward, but another one I was shaky on. But um, So if you, uh, if you wanted to use either of those in Super Contest, by all means, I will not talk you out of either because I, I don't feel strongly. Nah. The night one should be fun, over under 60 points. Uh, Atlanta getting 13 points in New Orleans. I'll tell you this much. It probably is going to be another blowout, but if I were to have guessed the lines, I guarantee I wouldn't have gone quite this high. I made it. Feels it like I guessed it would be reaction. ten. Yeah. I thought it would be ten, and I made my line nine and a half. I thought, you know, Saints are good, Falcons are pretty good. Nine and a half is a big line. I'm. T- I, I want to use the Falcons in the Super Contest. I don't care. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, if anything, getting my ass kicked by the Saints makes me only want to go against them another week. Right, and why not in prime time at home again? Yeah, no, I'm totally down. Like I said, that would have been one of the absolute easiest that came to me. Just even though then I thought about it more, and I'm like, yeah, the Saints probably will just destroy him. But no, that that one came easiest. So we'll take the points there, no problem. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville giving three or three and a half. Uh, it's different each place in Buffalo. Yeah, I like Jacksonville better than most, but hmm. three and a half is too much, man. I mean, the Bills. Is the Bills' offense that much worse than the current Jaguars' offense? Defenses are both good. Three and a half on the road, i got to take the Bills. Yeah, as long as Peterman's not involved, me too. Just out of principle. Another low over-under in this one. But, um, yeah. yeah, I like the Bills in an obvious low-scoring game. But avoid, avoid both quarterbacks at all costs. 
Um, Oakland traveling for a 10 a.m. game to Baltimore, getting 11 points. Another one that kind of jumped out at, man, that many. But I, I don't know. The Raiders burned me last week, so they'll probably lay a goose, goose egg this week. But anyway, I, I took the points. What about you, Liz? I made it 12 and a half, so I laid the wood. Um, I hope it's Lamar Jackson, but it doesn't really matter. I just think the Ravens at home will smoke a team like the Raiders. Yeah, I could be talking. Yeah, but I, the Ravens suck, by the way. So you know, it's probably that was uninspiring. Last can you you can't really. I mean, you can win a game or two, and this might be another one. But it's tough to run an offense where they just totally hid. You know, Jackson. Well, they That's great to, fantasy wise. They need to let him throw. You know, I mean, it's great to have that, but they need to do what they did with RG three with the Redskins in two thousand twelve, where yeah. RG three was this huge weapon on the ground, but he also passed well. You got to let him throw. You can't just run him every play. That's not a viable offense. All right, well, I'm taking the point. Uh, you're against me on that one. Uh, this next one, uh, my 49ers uh, getting three and a half in Tampa Bay. I have been wrong against the Niners mostly this year, so why not again? Um, I didn't mean for this to happen, but I made Tampa Bay my best bet. Um, I think going back to Winston, Niners coming off a bye, I don't know, maybe, but a 10 a.m. game. I know the Bucks, all the turn all the turnovers in this game, both these teams, but I took Tampa and laid three and a half. What do you think, Liz? I took the Niners. I made the line three. I mean, oh. I think these teams are kind of equal. I don't think the Bucks are any good. Their defense is objectively bad. Their coaching's bad. The quarterback puts up numbers, but he makes so many mistakes. I mean, Winston threw a pick, and he also fumbled at the goal line. Mike Evans just happened to recover it, but, like, that would have been another devastating turnover. And yet they still put up 35 points in New York. I don't know. Mullins, I mean, they had the one game, one against the Raiders, one shaky. Uh, I, this Tampa Bay offense is explosive. I mean, I don't know. I probably will can turn it over a few more times. I guess it's probably bankable at this point. Yeah, I'm taking the Niners. Okay. All right. um, I'll probably take, make it take Tampa. Um, Giants, your Giants getting six in Philly. Yeah, I made it four and a half. I thought the line would be six and a half at six. I think the Eagles could crush them, but I just I lost respect for the Eagles as an organization. I just lost respect for them, so I'm taking the Giants. Yep, seemed a little high for me. Um, I again seems like I take the Giants every week, but they did win for us last week in the Super Contest. But you, you know, if the Giants win this game, they'll be tied with the Eagles in the NFC East wild. at four and seven. Crazy, crazy. So man, the team just won the Super Bowl, and I don't think I mean Wentz, whatever him missing the first few games. It's not even. That has not even been the excuse. Crazy. Next one, Cleveland getting three in Cincy. Yeah, I took Cleveland. I think they're better than Cincy. Cincy's just bad all over. They're not good at anything. What is Cincy good at? Agreed. Yeah. No, Cleveland has a really a decent defense. So they coming off a bye. Maybe they're better without you know without the coaching, the coaching changes. I yeah. like Mayfield. Maybe he's healthier. So uh, I could be talked into using the Browns if you like that as well. Sure. Um, I mean, I made it one and a half as three okay. so um next uh, new england minus nine and a half big road favorites at the jets i made this line ten and a half i thought it would be nine it's nine and a half it's like the patriots this is the kind of game where they just kill the jets you're probably right and i have been laying the wood of the patriots i probably should have stuck to my guns but hold my nose here i have a lot, a lot of dogs this week um yeah, I don't feel strongly about it. It's that probably one. the donkey play to take the Pats here, but like, A, the Pats are never the donkey play, and B, <laughs> I don't know, man. The Jets, I mean, the Bills destroyed them in New York a couple weeks ago. Like, the Jets, 
They're not serious. Darnold and McCown, that's a terrible combo. Uh, maybe McCown's old and maybe McCown's old and totally done too. So I mean I was yeah. telling Jeff that. He w- he wouldn't listen to reason. He was like, "No, he's he's not. He doesn't have a lot of mileage on him." I'm like, "He's 39, man." Like, you know, even Peyton Manning was like out the door at 39. Like, you got to you got to realize like it's Josh McCown. He wasn't even that good to begin with. Yeah, it's in- entirely possible. Uh Seattle getting three and a half in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, this may be something going on here that I don't realize, but I feel these are equal teams, and I'll take the extra hook. Yeah, my gut instinct was to to lay it just because Carolina's been so good at home and just kind of uh, buying low. Uh, Seattle's been really good, though. That's a tough spread. So I, I I think I'd only taken one or two other favorites, but that was one of the others. So well, you, you, and I, you and I are like totally on the opposite side of every game. Um, We're literally like yeah, not on the same side of any game. Uh, Cleveland and the Giants and the Bills yeah, and the, and the, and the Giants, Bills. I think. The Bills, yeah, and the and the Falcons. So not not everything, but anyway. Um, next up, Miami getting boy, it's all over the place. Nine or nine and a half in Indy. I made this line eleven and a half. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy, but Colts are good. Dolphins are bad. It's in Indy. I don't think the Dolphins slow luck down. Their defense is really bad, and. I just don't think Tannehill or Osweiler or whoever is going to be able to be consistently moving the ball. I mean, maybe if Tannehill plays his A game, it's a close game, but I lay the wood. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Uh, yeah, I mean, nervous on some of these staff picks. Uh, you're, you're probably, it makes sense, especially with so much scoring up throughout the league, they, to lay the wood on these, but I don't know. I just kind of went ugly on a lot of these big spreads this week. Miami, uh, I, don't, I don't even know the quarterback situation, and Indy does look very much legit, but I, I took the points there. Even what's, though what's weird, it's weird, I actually didn't lay the wood yet. Like I usually, I've done the column. I'm just looking at the lines I made, and I'll probably stick with them. So I'm not committed to these yet. By the way, I'm just saying I did this. I haven't done it yet. We are recording earlier than usual. If I were like, if I'm going to be betting Sunday though, I would like to get Indy under three in a teaser though. I mean, I will say that. But another one here, just like I, I you know, Arizona getting 12 in in LA. I mean, the Chargers probably going to bounce back. Arizona just looked awful. At home against the Raiders, but I held my nose and took the points. Uh, let me guess, you, you, you had it higher. I had it thirteen and a half. Yeah, I made yeah. these lines really wow. big. Uh-huh. I, I just maybe I'm just being Joe Public and I should go the other way. But I just thought, like you know, Bosa will probably be more himself in game two if he's if he didn't aggravate it. And the Cardinals suck. I mean, their 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 defense is okay, but that Richie offense Curry. that Curry. offense is shitty. You know, they're I mean, their passing is. Rosen completed like nine of twenty passes or something like that. It was bad. Kirk looks kind of good, but yeah, I mean the Chargers. What about the Chargers defense at home against? I, I I talked about Keenum on the road. Wow, that was that was bad. I believe they got zero fantasy points in some 
formats, but uh, DFS. But man, uh, I hear you. Arizona is really bad, and the Chargers may just win this by 40. I'm being the donkey, probably taking these bad teams. But um, the last of the the afternoon slate, uh, Pittsburgh at Denver. Um, I believe the spread is three or three and a half. Looks mostly Pittsburgh getting three. I'm sorry, getting three. Three and a half is what I saw when I did it. I like the yeah. Broncos at three and a half. I, I made the line yeah. two and a half. Yeah, that would obviously be a difference. That would certainly help. I would consider get, even using the Broncos at sure. three and a half. I, man, they're they're a solid team, and uh, Pittsburgh's defense is pretty good, but still not too sure what to make of them on the road. So that's one to earmark. Yeah, Sunday I think Pittsburgh's night. defense is good, but it's tough. Second road game in a row. They were in a total war last week. They managed to win. The Broncos are no joke. Their their defense is actually good, and their offense is bad, but not like. Laughing stock bad. Yeah, and, and, and Denver legitimately has the best home field advantage. I mean, it really is uh, at home there. So Sunday night, Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota favored by three and a half. Yeah, I took Green Bay. I thought it should be three, but I'm a little shaky on that because Minnesota's defense does look really good. It just seems like three and a half is a little more than it should be. Yeah, Minnesota burnt us last week. That was disappointing, but I'm with you here. Um Gone against Rodgers lately in prime time, but not this case. It's more. It, I'll take the hook. So I'm with you. Getting the three and a half. And then finally Monday night, Tennessee plus six in Houston. So I made this line three. I thought these teams were equal, but then I re- I forgot that Mariota might not play. So it really depends on whether Mariota plays. I mean, it's Gabbard. Sure, six is fine. Six and a half, seven even right. if it's Gabbard. But if it's Mariota, it should be three. I mean, the Titans last week were not even let, getting the full three in Indy. They had one bad game where their QB got hurt, right. and now what, they're getting right. six in Houston? That seems crazy. Texans did not look especially good last week. They should have lost to the Redskins. Alex Smith, before uh, shattering his leg, threw a 10-point pick six. They were in field goal range toward the end of the half. He threw a 10-point pick six. That's why the Redskins lost. And then That's got to lose... be the first of his career, one of them down there probably, you know, the safest quarterback oh, of all time doing that. I, I like betting the Redskins a lot this year because Smith doesn't make mistakes. And they still and covered. They still covered, right. which is good. The most important thing about that game is that the Redskins covered the spread. I can't think of anything else that happened in that game. Oh, that was that was total bull because I think I was the only one in staff picks who had Houston. I think Fairburn missed a couple, didn't he? he no, he missed a field goal like thirty yarder at the very end. No, he made like a fifty six yeah. yarder. By the way, that put them even. I thought in that he missed spot. an extra point too or something. I no, thought. but he made like a fifty six yarder. So like, right. you, know, you, you got that, but. He missed like a chip shot at the end that would have sealed the cover, yeah. no problem. Like it was an easy one, yeah. and I was like, "Ah, right. that's bullshit that I lost. That was a bad beat." And I was like, "Oh, it's not a bad beat." No, that's bullshit. Anyway, and then anyway, all the Texans people are like, "Oh, you got a bad beat, but you didn't. You got a bad beat as of that, you know, fifty-five minutes into the game, but you didn't get a bad beat right. if you watched the whole game." Right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, Mariota plays. That seems like too many points. I'm with you. The Titans six points. Yeah, Mariota looks good to go. Um, going over these, uh, I'm marking the the Falcons. That'll be fun to have one on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I'm making us take the Bucks. Um, and That's then fine. I, I, do you have one you want a lot? I have um, to, I, the I, Falcons I, are probably my best bet, but the other ones. Who'd you say your best bet was? was probably the Falcons, but the Titans might be my best bet if I knew Mariota were playing. But we're probably yeah. not going to know that in time to get the Falcons one in. Oh, that's true. I marked them. Um, I also marked for us the Browns and Broncos as possibilities. I'll take the Broncos, and sure, the Browns are fine. Uh, and the other ones that I like, I like the Bills. Kind of, I could do Falcons, Browns, Bills, Broncos, and Niners. 
Sorry, well, Bucks. Bucks. I'm it. Yeah. Falcons, Browns, Bills. Okay, Broncos yeah, and, Bucks. and Bucks. Yeah, cool. That sounds good to me. All right. Done. And well, and if for some reason we find out that Marriott is definitely playing Monday night, then uh, which we probably won't before then, then we could swap out the Bills. That's one I like least okay. of those. Okay. Cool. All right, man. So um, what else? I got a few few random things to throw at you. Uh, that, yeah, I don't know if you know, but the, uh, the the chess championship is going on right now. Uh, have you followed this at all? It's been eight uh, matches so far. They've all been draws. Pretty funny. I have a friend who's super into it, and uh, it's uh, actually really intense. And it's a, an American facing this this challenger who's like the world's best for the past decade. That's um, the guy. Magnus yeah. Carlson is the is the yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's facing this guy Fabi, and he's actually tied through eight. Like he's his back's against the wall. Like he's he might lose, and it's actually a big deal in the uh, the chess community. You're you're a smart dude, List. You, are you good at chess? I when I was a kid, I was I was pretty decent. And there's this kid I used to play with. I used to go to Fire Island in the summers, and the first year I just crushed him every time. And then he started getting this teacher who was he wasn't a grandmaster; he was an international master, which is in between master and grandmaster. And he got lessons from that guy, and then the next summer we were like pretty much even. It's probably like we started when like I was a year older though. So I was like nine, he was eight, and then I was ten, he was nine. We were kind of even, and then like when I was eleven and he was ten, or maybe twelve and eleven, I like won one out of every ten. And then the year after that, I never won again. And I actually ended up that dude actually went to my college, which is random, totally random. I didn't really keep in touch with him. And we played in college and it was a joke. He was he was he got to like master level, not like grandmaster. And he just, it's just, it's very hard if you're just like an amateur, like just, you know, seat of your pants type of player. I mean, I was like into it. Like I like would sometimes re- look at like master chess match, grandmaster chess matches and try to see like what they were doing. And like, I was into it. I had some books that I would like check out some cool mates and stuff. I'm really making myself sound like a dork, but I was into it. <laughs> and, uh, but I was no, that's like, I didn't get to a very high level. I got to like a, yeah. Hey. Yeah. I'm the one who brought it up, man. I'm the one who brought it up. Yeah, through eight games, they're like I said, they're all draws, and it's pretty. pretty Why, you know, did you ever? Uh, did you ever get into chess? Uh, a little bit. I wasn't any good or anything myself. No, but like I said, I have a friend who's super into it now, and it's. I found it interesting. I mean, I've read articles on this tournament. I find it super interesting how um I don't know the strategy behind it. And you just seem like a guy who would be who would be good at it, but um <clears throat> also because you're a nerd. But uh, I was, I was into it. Chess is cool, but it's it's kind of hell because like to get really good. I mean, not even just like my friend, but to get like seriously good, it's fucking tedious, man. You got to be like, you got to. It's it's no joke, man. The amount you have to know to to just like the amount of background knowledge you need just to survive at like a high level of chess is high. It is it is it is so so crazy. Um, all right, space eater update. I think you have one as well, but they're like the best thing ever. I'm not sure if I got one that are super ozone safe but there's no smell there's no smell coming my way no fires yet but it solved the, the crisis of the coldness in my room so ted bell tweeted out a, a company picture too which i have listed if one as soon as one of these breaks down but you had a discovery of one of yours that you disparaged last week right yeah it was so two of them were cracked and they still like one of them's getting showing slight signs of cracking that was working but two of them also were smoking we thought and we're like oh, this is screwed up but then I just I was going to return that one too, but then I found some obscure review of it, and the guy says, "Well, it's unfortunate the above reviewer didn't just wait it out. The, there's natural moisture in the marble that will steam out after a few usages, and once that happens, it's fine." So we steamed it out for two of them. So now we've got three of these, and then we're done. We had to return yet another one that was cracked, but I think we're good. I think it's working now. 
Nice. All right. Just a couple more things for you, lists, and then I'll let you take it away. Um, I was in Sunnyvale last week. I did FFL um, a little bit. Well, I just did a little bit. Uh, unfortunately for you, the uh, it went out without any hitches in, in New Orleans. Uh, so they seem like they all had a very, very good time there. And I'm shockingly, Brad Evans was not arrested. But anyway, I found this crazy cool restaurant, like kind of off the beaten path, this cottage, and I had like a tasting menu. And it served elk. I'd never had elk before. I, they serve it like purple. I guess it's supposed to serve purple, but it's not doesn't taste as rare as beef, but I like gamey food. But anyway, that was a, a new one for me. Have you ever had any elk? I, I have. There's a place called, um, I want to say it's Saddle Creek Lodge is the name of it. I'm not sure. It's like up in Malibu somewhere, up in the hills though, you know, like where the fires are, not by the beach. And I went to dinner there once about five years ago, maybe more. And they had elk. I think I ate elk. It was good. I mean, that stuff is like the real thing, man. Elk. No, this, yeah. No, it was so good. Oh yeah, this was like, this place called La Ferret in uh in san jose highly recommend that was legit so 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 i i recommend elk and uh one final recommendation uh my long read of the week it's uh the ringers uh the ringer that's their best thing so far as long reads but about nirvana and their unplugged performance highly recommend the, the read man it's just it's crazy how like nervous kurt cobain was crazy he's just 27 years old i don't know about yourself list like after radio i'm just as radio it's after like okay computer in the bends that's probably my third favorite album of all time is that Unplugged Nirvana. They played like four covers and like just a couple of their current hits, like all other groups at that time would, would only do something like that, like for commercial incentive. Stone Temple Pilots took four hours to do theirs. Nirvana did it in one take. Just so sick. But I recommend The Ringers, Long Read, MTV's Unplugged Nirvana. All right, Liz, what you got? Yeah, I, I like Nirvana. I remember just when it, the first album came out, and Smells Like Teen Spirit was on, and I got like a tape of it, a cassette tape in my car. I was driving back from college, and I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, this is the real thing. This is, this is good. I was playing it over and over again. It was definitely, uh, at the time, it's a good band. Um, I, I didn't love the Unplugged a little bit. I got kind of sick of that. They overplayed that, I think, but teach his own. I don't want to rain on your parade if you, if you loved it that much. I did love it that much, and I do. But I do remember the, uh, the I had a cassette tape too with a single of that smells like Teen Spirit. I do. I was that old, yeah. The cassette tape. I remember having to rewind after. Well, how old are you? I was like twenty-one. You must have been like eleven when that came out. I uh, probably I wasn't at it right away, but yeah, I absolutely remember it. Yeah, um, I don't know what grade that puts me in, but I remember where I still lived, so fifth or sixth grade. But um, but yeah, I don't know. I liked the covers that they played and um, uh, and that and that unplugged and how raw it was. And, and, and no, I mean, it was good. It was good. Like it's definitely good, but it was just one of those things. It was kind of like I don't know. This is going to sound really insulting, so I don't want to insult you, but it's kind of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just got so sick of all those songs. I can't listen to them anymore. They're like saccharine sweet. They're like this. The groove is too catchy, or like that. Tom Petty song that came out around then, The Last Dance with Mary Jane, like that song. It's too catchy. At first you listen to it, you're like, oh, that's a kind of a good groove. And then you're like, okay, I'm done. I know it was better than that because it had more of an edge to it. Yeah. But I just, I just, there were two, like, I don't know, like the man who sold the world, the David Bowie cover and stuff. I used to think that was so good, but it just got to me. I, I got sick of all those unplugged. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the set list on, on Nirvana's. Unplugged, I do not think is is too relatable to uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. But, uh, <laughs> uh, about a girl, but uh, you made to each their own, as you said earlier. Yes, but, uh, to each, to each you, know, you got any? You have any good uh, Thanksgiving plans, Liz? I'm going up the coast. I was the same place I went last year. So Heather last year ditched me. She took Sasha back to L.A. Um, and I was uh, in Lisbon for my, by myself for like ten days. 
that was last year. And this year, they're staying, and but I'm going to the same place. So there's this family that we're friends with, Americans, obviously, and they're, they work for the State Department. They have this, like, sort of in the suburbs of Lisbon, this kind of nice house, and they have two kids. Sasha's friends with their kids. So we just basically booze and eat there. And, uh, oh, it's the woman. I mean, it's the woman I've told you about her, Emily. She's a good cook, and she's a fan of yours. She's a big fan of yours. She sometimes listens to this oh, podcast. Yes. Yes, you have. Yes, totally remember. So we're going with them. And yeah, we just end up drinking and eating and what, you know, I'll, I'll have my uh, Game Pass password. We'll throw it on from my cell phone. We'll stream it to their TV. So. Right. Cool, man. Sounds good. Uh, not Nothing too crazy myself. Just going to the in-laws. Uh, you got anything uh, politically on your mind these days? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I started following uh, AOC, as they call her, uh, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Twitter. And she does these like um, so. I follow this guy Scott Adams, who's like the Republican. He's not really Republican, actually. He says he's left of Bernie, but he's Trump's like biggest explainer and defender. I don't know if you follow him yet, but I like that guy. He's just very calm. He's he's sort of like makes just relax about everything. He was on Adam Carolla's podcast a couple weeks back, and I found him extremely interesting. And and I like I liked him a lot. And obviously, I know that you you recommended him, and and I know he's a Dilbert guy, and. uh, I found him really. I don't. Know, I don't want to get too political, but I found his views eye-opening. Really, yeah. I, I, it I really, like, it really makes you think differently. You're like, yeah. There's also this, right? Like, there's all the fucking boilerplate shit that you hear, and there's like, I'll, I'll yeah. Just but say one thing. I'll just say one, one yeah. thing. His views, his views on abor- abortion. Uh, he basically is like, it's crazy for a man to have any opinion on a woman's body. It should obviously just be their their opinion, whatsoever. And and I kind of completely understand what, what he's saying by that. But anyway, go ahead. You're right. He's not like a Republican. He's just, he supports the president. You have to let him explain it because you're watching it and it just changes your mindset completely. Like, not that you're like, oh, I'm a big supporter, just more like, yeah, there's also this view and it's not absurd. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like, yeah, that actually makes sense. Well, um, and he called, he was on Bill Maher and he said that Trump is going to win and he brought the, the I forget what's the term he uses for the way he, um, just the way the, the method in which Trump speaks. He predicted he was going to win like way before it happened. And they all probably cracked up when he said it. Right. And his idea is that, you know, people are watching, we're in a movie theater watching the same screen, but we're seeing two different movies. So we're like literally like when something happens, seeing exact opposite interpretations in reality of what's happening. And his premise is like, okay, so reality is somewhat subjective. Like somebody who's inclined to believe things are one way will see it that way. But he said, just believe the thing that makes you happy and that's also predictive. Those can be mutually exclusive, actually. But, you know, the idea that, like, believe what's predictive, I think that's pretty good. And also, with, if it's got equal predictiveness, then choose the thing that's more uh, optimistic or the belief that will make you happier. I wouldn't choose what would make you happier if it's very unlikely to be true. But if it's unknowable or unknown choose the one that's likely to be happier and but then also choose the one that's likely to be true i think there's a lot of things that we don't really know are true and in that case choose the one that's likely to make you happier to believe so i'm getting kind of far afield talking about him what i actually meant to say is he does these little periscopes they're sometimes kind of dopey but he just like lays it out and uh i just started following uh aoc who's the left-wing queen's congresswoman who won in the last elections and she's like very charismatic and she's 28. She's attractive. She's like sort of the mm-hmm. new face, the, the younger Democratic Party. And of course, the establishment hates her because she's like 
Bernie Sanders wing of the party. And she does the same kind of like from, from home, like in her kitchen, like talking about issues, like the same kind of these little periscopes. And I've read a couple different people who don't agree with her at all, like right-wingers who think, you know, totally hate her politics, who say, this woman is going to be a force. She's very powerful. She knows how to speak to people. She's persuasive. And she just gets um, how to communicate with human beings. And that this person is going to be a force for many years in politics. Even though they don't even like her politics, they are like convinced that she's the real deal. And it's funny that she's doing these periscopes from her living. I haven't really watched them. I watched a couple. I mean, I watched like a screenshot of it and like this just an interesting person to follow. I don't, I, you know, again, like I, I, the, basically the two people are like this one guy who's defending Trump and this left wing woman. But I, I find like both of those way more persuasive. And I think most just regular people find that more persuasive than people who are like trying to advocate for the centrist neocon neoliberal company line that's basically gotten us into the, the mess we're in in the first place. Yeah, it's tools of persuasion is a term that Scott Adams used. I'll send you a clip of him on Mar predicting that Trump will win and quote unquote in a landslide. But yeah, I remember AOC, you first pointed out on this podcast, to me at least, uh, you know, right when she became no, no, noteworthy. And uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. Let's, speaking of other acronyms, am I using that term right? But what are your thoughts on MBS? I mean, man, what, what a disaster that's turned into. It seems pretty likely that that dude ordered the murder of Khashoggi. That is like small potatoes compared to what's going on in Yemen, like the war that's going on, like that we funded and abetted. Right. So although like I think Saudi Arabia, from what I've read and heard and listened to from the sources that I find credible, is like one of the worst of the worst, like way worse than Iran, who's supposedly our enemy, worse than Russia, worse than almost anybody. And so like we should, as soon as possible or practicable, divorce them and leave, let them fend for themselves, you know, because they're, they're up to no good. And they're also like most of the 9-11 hijackers came from Saudi Arabia. So like they're kind of who did 9-11, by the way. If that's not enough to sever ties, I don't know what is. So this Khashoggi thing, like it obviously is really bad PR for him, but it's kind of small potatoes, right? Like there like 10,000 people have died in Yemen in the war. Many children right. are starving to death from the blockades that they have of the food and the aid to them. So that like there's like children like so skinny and starving. So they killed this guy who was an activist who hated the Saudi family. Like, that's murder, and they should obviously not do that. But to me, like, yeah, that's, like, reason number 10,020 why, like, this is a terrible regime. But I think the reality is that and why Obama did nothing about this and actually aided them in Yemen and sold them weapons and why Bush was cozy with the Saudis even after 9-11, which is, like, unbelievable, and the Clintons and everyone before them is because I think it has to do with the petrodollar, like, the fact that the dollar is the u.s reserve is the world's reserve currency because partly because the oil can only be purchased in dollars so i think there's this huge i'm not i don't want to i could be wrong about that that that's the main reason but I, whether that's the main reason or there's just other economic reasons i think that like nobody in washington really wants to truly put their foot down on saudi arabia i mean there's some congress people who want to but nobody who's like actually accountable for the economy wants to because they're worried about the fallout. So I'm not saying that's well, I, right. I, Go ahead. I completely, I completely get what you're saying, a thousand percent. But I guess my, what my question is, even though you're kind of starting to answer it there, is will there be any fallout because of the fact that they've done this investigation and the fact that, you know, MBS talked to Trump like on the phone and now he makes him look bad. You know, Trump doesn't like to be looked like a fool. You know, he told right. everyone. Well, he told I, I think it's more Kushner, Kushner's so, friends so with that, that. Dude. 
Kushner's friends with right. that well, exactly. dude. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. That too. Exactly. Yeah, no, they're like legitimately tight. Exactly. Right. They're like friends. So, so what does, I will there be fallout because of this? Even if you, you know, you might be right. It, there shouldn't be as, as opposed to all the other stuff, but will there be because for the wrong or for whatever Right, reasons. just for like PR reasons, will we like actually do the right thing for the wrong reason? Like cut off the right. the kingdom, which is terrible because of this random guy getting killed. The reason they're mad is because he like worked for the Washington Post or did some stuff and like appeared on MSNBC. That that's why the journalists care because he's one of them. They they don't even barely report on the Yemen stuff. But I don't know. I really don't know because I don't know the balance. My my feeling is no, there won't be anything done. Because the outrage will die out just like everyone does. You know, it's not really affecting anyone personally. Nobody knows Khashoggi. It's not like, you know, he's not an American. And people will be pissed that nothing was done and it was horrible. But at the same time, if they didn't do it with all this other horrible stuff because of economic ties, and I don't really see them doing it now. I'll add one last thing. It's getting long, but I'll add one last thing. I don't really invest that much. You know, I sold all my, my fangs and stuff way too early, but now they're coming back down to where I sold them. So I feel good about that. Um, stock market, the tech has really been killed. But I bought a put on Facebook. Just one put. I guess it's 100 shares. And it was, I, it's basically a put is the option to sell the stock to somebody at a price at a future date. So on December of 2019, I can sell 100 Facebook shares to somebody at $120 a share. And Facebook is at 143 when I bought that put. So I'm betting that it goes down. And it's right. down to 132 already. And my put, when I looked at it last, was worth like $200 more than what I bought it for. I bought it for 900 I could sell it for like 1100 right now. But I'm going to hold it. I think Facebook is terminally ill. I think the market's going down more. And uh, I don't usually do this, but I made a, you know, basically a $900 bet against Facebook. And I canceled my account. I don't know if you saw that, but I canceled my Facebook account. Uh, I did see that. And I was curious, how has it like personally adversely affected you? Well, first of all, they told I me that, that my data that. got hacked, so that didn't make me very happy. Secondly, they smeared this group. You know that guy, Matt Stoller, who I used to follow on Twitter? He gets a little annoying, but they, he, it's an anti-monopolist group, and they smeared him. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but they smeared him as an anti-Semite, which is ridiculous. He's Jewish, and clearly his, his organization is anti-monopoly, not, nothing to do with anti-Semitism, but they, they hired some hacks to go and try to make that accusation they're just a scumbag of a company. They lied to Congress. They keep lying about what they're using your data for. They're just a, a, a terrible company. So while nothing besides me getting hacked and them misusing the data that I've given them that they never told me they were going to use in the way they have uh, is bad, nothing specifically personal to me has happened, but I just don't approve of them and closing my account, and I'm actually betting against them with my money. Yeah, no, I can see it, and especially if you don't like for whatever, you know, whatever advantages it has posting children pictures and whatnot um yeah that's an interesting way that i don't know especially if you like the advantages is when you should quit convenience is not a good reason to support something that is a force for evil in the world because you can post your pictures of your kids is not a good reason to support a bad actor that has lots of power you know they they basically there's a lot of other shit too but we're going too long for this already but one other thing, one other thing, also when you, you brought up something interesting that I think I found like two days later, were you the one who brought up something about how Amazon has the algorithms? Was it you that said that? Yes, yes. Okay, it was, okay, because there was a New York Times column that I just came out like right after you said that, like everything on Amazon is everything. That's pretty funny. So yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I actually quoted that, that column. I actually tweeted that out. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. I said it last week and then the story came out how basically 
there's like fake reviews of fake products that look like these weird names. I don't even know. These like sort of these fake names that sound like a product name and they're just Amazon right. sub brands and they just basically buy out all the brands that are doing well and then like do a fake brand and get fake reviews. They got big. They were kind of, everyone loved them five, 10 years ago and now they're going bad. It's just a cycle. All right. Well, I'm a bad person because I still have my Facebook and I like posting pictures of my beautiful daughter and son, but I'm sure that won't last that much longer, but, uh, well, no, you're that. not a bad person for wanting to share pictures of your beautiful daughter, but no, it's fine. But you just, you know, you got to be like, okay, how do I, what's the, what's another way to do this? Yeah. Google plus, I don't think is around anymore. Well, no, but you could email pictures to your family and stuff. You could say, here's, yeah, some, no, here's all right. You're right. All right. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm sure if once the negatives come, I mean, I guess I should just think more like your, what do you, uh, the, the greater good or whatever, I guess I'm just saying if it's personally not affected me at all, I don't know. I, I could see why people well, don't, you, don't you, you, you're, you're looking at yourself very narrowly if it's not affecting you because, uh, the, the whole idea of, your, of the data being used to sort of profile you, you got to look at something like people would say the same thing about GMOs. Like, oh, what do I worry about GMOs? So do you know what the long-term problem with GMOs is, is that we don't really know? And you're introducing foreign organisms. Sometimes an invasive species comes to a new place and it colonizes it and the, the native species just die. You have this data collection process, which is A, dishonest, but B, used to profile every single person. You know, if, if law enforcement or the FBI wants to profile you because you're saying stuff that it doesn't you know, want said or cover up something... They can look through your Facebook accounts. All the data that's been gathered on you can be weaponized against you. Maybe it hasn't yet. Maybe you don't think you specifically are likely to, but you're supporting you know, sort of the framework, the, the bones of a possible totalitarian state. You know, why should they collect that? They didn't do it with consent. They never, no one ever said you could use my data for this. You could make a profile of me. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you, if you look at it short term and narrowly as just, oh, well, nothing bad has happened to me yet. To me, that's short-sighted. Like, there's greater sort of secondary and tertiary effects down the road that when something's already kind of gone yeah. bad, sometimes okay. you got you to cut, nip it in the bud and be like, okay, this is, these guys are up to no good, and this is a bad direction things are going in. I'm out. You know, you don't wait till the yeah. bad has happened. You, you see where it's going, and you stop. And you know that they're, they're bad actors, so they're not, they're not innocent on this. Yeah, no, here I am sounding like climate change or something. Like, well, it's not affecting me, then what right, do I care? Exactly. But in, 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 in all seriousness, so I just assume that, that, that all sites have affected me somehow. Like, I've grabbed my information, especially the dark web in which I search. But seriously, I just, I just assume that it's all grabbing my information and, and one is well, not necessarily so, forcing the other. And maybe that's super naive and I'm dumb and, and you're telling me that, that there is more and I need to take a, a bigger, bigger overall look at this, even though. Six, eight years from now, a supercomputer is going to make all this move. But, but go ahead. Well, I'll just say, like, I, I just downloaded, I don't know why I was using this dumb Opera browser because I wanted to get off Chrome. I still have Chrome for, like, Google Docs and stuff. Like, I, I made my search engine DuckDuckGo. I downloaded Firefox. When you download a new version of Firefox, it will, um, it's a good browser, and it will give you instructions of how to clean your digital life. And if you do those steps, hmm. you will be a lot less tracked. And a lot less recorded. Well, yeah, you don't. And you said you use a different search engine, right? You said, <laughs> yeah, DuckDuckGo. And and I think like if everybody just starts logging off Facebook, quitting it, you know, shutting these things down one by one, then the power is gone, right? It's everyone complains. Oh, they lied to Congress. Congress didn't do anything. They've stolen our data. There's been a genocide in Myanmar that was help, help partly uh, initiated uh, because of Facebook. Well, okay. Well, instead of like waiting for someone else to do the job and 
fix things. Just do it yourself. We all have the power to be like, you know, I'm done with that. And when people like us and we have this podcast and you have a following, sending the message like, hey, yeah, no, I'm done with that. And your friend's like, oh, I didn't see you on Facebook. And you're like, yeah, I, I quit it. You know, I, I wasn't into the data thing. Like, it's just, that's how it dies, basically. It dies that right. way. One, that of, one of us at a time. You're the one who can kill it. You don't think it's, I mean, whatever, think for yourself. You don't, might not agree. Maybe you think Facebook, go ahead and read up on Facebook about what they've done, about how they, you know, put a, no, a vote button on really certain people's accounts, go vote button on certain people's accounts and not on other people's accounts and how they're trying to manipulate things. Really read up on Facebook and then decide for yourself. Maybe you think it's fine. It may, that's fine. If you do, you do. But if you don't, realize like you're the one who can stop it, basically. Yeah, no, there was another good Facebook column recently, I think, on New York Times or New Yorker, but um, about all that stuff as well. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Liz. That, that all makes sense. All right, man. Well, we've gone long. Have a good Thanksgiving. Let's go two and yeah. one. Thanksgiving. Well, we have different picks, but let's go three and two. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's both go one and oh, though, in the Super Contest on Thanksgiving. And, and yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving uh, to yourself. And uh, yeah, good times, man. Uh, later, Liz. All right, later, man. Take it easy.